Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so I invite you to turn this morning to Genesis chapter 1. Again, that would be the beginning. The Bible. Easiest, it's the easiest series ever. Just open up. So I think in the soft cover Bibles there that are in your seats, that's page 3 or 4 um, that we're on now. Genesis chapter 1. Um, as you're turning there, I'm sure you're all aware. I don't know if anybody missed this, but maybe you were under a rock somewhere. But there was an inauguration this past, uh, this past Friday. And our country inaugurated uh, a new president. Uh, again, lots of mixed feelings about this. Uh, you know, lots of hope on one side, lots of fear on the other side, and anxiety. Um, our job as Christians is very clear. Pray for our leaders. Whatever side you're on, prayer is the appropriate response. Okay, pray for our leaders, pray for wisdom, pray for truth, pray for justice. We live in a democracy, a, uh, which Webster's defines as a government in which the supreme power is vested in the people and exercised by them directly or indirectly through a system of representation, usually involving um, elections, uh, periodically held free elections. So in short, the people determine what the government should look like. That's kind of how a democracy works. So, so theoretically... The leader of a democracy should look like the people who elected them. So my question is, what if we all had hair like that? Like, really, the leader should look like the people. I mean, I mean now, if I had hair like that, would you still, would you still come? Like, would you, would you still come on Sunday morning? Listen, I can do it for anybody. Send me your picture if you want. I'll Photoshop it. I got it. I got you covered. Make it your profile picture if you want. I mean, would you still come if I looked like that? I don't know. I don't know if I would still come if I looked like that. One realm where power is not in the people, right? That one was my house growing up, okay? In my house growing up, um, my parents were in charge. It was not a democracy. Anybody grew up in one of those houses? Okay, it was not a democracy. Um, that's, actually, that's actually the house I grew up in. It's in Lawrence. Um, lived there from like 10 to 20. So it was about most, most of my growing up years that I remember were there. Um, but it was not a democracy. Um, I could ask questions, but I didn't make the rules. That was very clear. Um, my dad would just do like this, and he'd start doing this. And I'd go, what are you going to go with? The great Oz has spoken you're like, oh, just put your arms down. I'm like 17 now, Dad. Enough. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I did not make the rules. Uh, so it was not a democracy. Now, I did look like my parents. You know, my nose is from my dad, and I sound like them. My sarcasm comes from them. And um, I eat like them. My love of steak and from cake and, you know, things like that. And I celebrate them. Where, if you don't know, the Grecos are silent laughers. We just shake. So if you get us all together and somebody tells a joke, you look around, everybody's like this. No noise. But we're all dying inside. Um, now, my kids are like me, too. You know, kids, kids look like me. Um, they're strong-willed, and they love sweets, and they're very competitive, and they get their good looks from their mom. I take no credit for any of that. But, you know, the apple doesn't, what, fall far from the tree, right? We say that all the time. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and... You know, in, in government and in families and in, in, 
it brings us to creation. Us, apples and trees. That was a nice little segue there, apples and trees. Um, so, but for the record, the kingdom of God is also not a democracy. In case we're curious. Um, God doesn't take votes on what we think he should do. Um, I'm thankful for that. Uh, because sometimes when we vote, it doesn't always go the way we thought. So day one and day two of creation in this non-democracy, God is creating this thing. And he says this day one and day two, God creates something out of nothing. We did that a few weeks ago. We're in our series uh, called Good here, doing the, the series. And it says he created something out of nothing, and, and God called it good. Well, then you come to day three and four. We did this last week, and God created change. The sun and the moon, the stars and the seasons, and God creates change and change is part of our life, but he gives us signs to navigate those, those changes, and he gives us guides, and he calls it good. And today we're going to look at the next one in the next day of what God created, day and a half really, and uh, we're going to pick it up in Genesis chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 20. It'll be on the screen if you'd like to read along, or you can read in the Bible there as well. It says this, then God said, let the waters swarm with fish. I want to pause right there. It doesn't actually say fish in the text. The actual word there, um, it says, with teeming or swarming things. With Literally, it calls them creepers or swarmers. Little things that swim in the like swim. It calls them creepers. The actual word is creepers and swarmers. I just want you to know, that's why I don't eat fish. I don't like the way creepers taste. They're gross. Okay. So he says, let the waters swarm with creepers and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures. Just great sea creatures, again, that is translated dragons, serpents, and sea monsters. Oh, man. How many wanted to see this stuff? I mean, God was making this stuff. You know, we talk about, you know, if you're reading through Scripture, it says uh, Leviathan was this mystical uh, sea creature. That I mean, if you look at the actual description, it sure sounds a lot like a dragon. That swims. It, I mean, smokes as fire comes out of its mouth. I mean, scales. It says it's got like armor, by, you know, claw, teeth. It's just, it's, and I realized, and in, 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 in history, that represents chaos. It, this Leviathan is this, this mythical creature represents chaos. And I realized that Leviathan, I have two sons, Levi and Ethan. And when you put their names together, they represent the mythical creature that represents chaos. That was not good foresight. On our behalf. And so God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird and each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. So all these creatures, it's really interesting. All these creatures, think about how many creatures there are in the world. How many animals could you name? We could be here all day. Like there's so much creativity in God. He just created, I mean, if you've ever seen planet Earth, you just look at the creatures, the videos. Have you ever seen those? Anybody seen planet Earth videos? No? Yes? You should. They're amazing. And it's just these documentaries about the, the creation in this world. And it's just some And God made them all. And what God says to them, he, he designs them to make more. Because he created them to, to create offspring of the same kind. So there's going to be more baby creepers and sea monsters. And there's going to lay eggs and produce more, bills, more birds that will fill the sky and poop on your windshield. And God said that this is good. This is good. I'm going to create all these animals and it's going to be 
teeming with life. Like up until this point, right? No, no living creatures. So it's now God says living creatures. Verse 22, then God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Verse 23, an evening passed and morning came, marking the fifth day. Again, noting how days are, they're backwards from how we do days. We do days morning and evening. He says, an evening and morning, right? Days start in the darkness and we end with the light. We are in the darkness on our way to the light. Remember that. Verse 24, then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground and wild animals. And that is what happened. I love that. That's what happened. Like my dad, the Oz speaks, and that's what happens. Can't fight it. Not a democracy. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. So God creates what we know as the animal kingdom, and, and he says this. He says, now go make more. Go make more. God speaks things into being. And to this day, fish and birds and animals continue to make more, don't they? You still see, right? They keep making more. Like they're still following God's command, the original command to be fruit. They're still doing it. What if, I have a question, what if the animals didn't keep making more? What if God hadn't planned that? It was just like, here's the animals. Like, there'd be some seriously old animals walking around like right now like could you just imagine like like picture that i mean imagine how slow like turtles are slow now like could you imagine how slow they'd be like if they were the original ones like somebody be like hey that's a nice dog how come he doesn't move much it's like ten thousand years old he's tired (laughs) been walking a long time however long there's no statement there about the age of the earth you can make it as as long as you'd like Nobody's impressed when you catch fish. So all the fish are just sort of laying there, tired of swimming, right? Just floating. I go ahead. Been around since the beginning. Birds just fall out of trees out of sheer exhaustion. You know, it says, but the animals kept reproducing, and that's a good thing. I mean, could you imagine what life would be like? I mean, this is serious. Can you imagine what life would be like without puppy and kitten videos? I mean, would you survive? I mean, what would we do without baby puppies and kittens, Right? Like it would be a sad, sad existence without them. So God creates living things for the first time and he gives them a command. Think about that. God has actually given the animals a job. And this is what he says, go make more. And not only do they make more, but God designed them to make more like themselves, in kind. Right? Like go make more. Now, sharks have baby sharks. Cows have cows, and blue jays have baby blue jays, and rabbits. Well, let's just say no animal has taken God's command more to heart than rabbits. A female rabbit, in a single year, can produce 36 female bunnies. Just female. About 72 is the, the, the potential in a year. And, 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 and a female rabbit can begin to reproduce once they're about six months of age. Estimated lifespan of a rabbit is about seven years. Okay, so if you, if you do the math, okay, 
in seven years, one rabbit, and if you follow, just with the females reproducing, right, you follow that out, can have an extended family directly traced back to her, one rabbit, seven years, you ready? A hundred and eighty-four billion five hundred ninety-seven million four hundred thirty-three thousand eight hundred sixty rabbits. If you do the math, if you actually directly trace back to the lineage of Mama Rabbit, be fruitful and multiply. I mean, listen, I got my hands full with three kids, right? Can you imagine that many? Like Christmas must be crazy. I've never seen a rabbit give birth to a bear, though, or a fish give birth to an eagle. From the beginning, God's plan was for growth in kind. Healthy things should be fruitful and multiply in kind. And he says, and that's good. And that's good. You're like really wondering where I'm going with this. Don't worry. God did not create a finished world. But he did create a fertile world. One that he intended to be fruitful. He designed the potential for more into the DNA of every living thing. The ability to be fruitful and multiply. And that brings us to us, to humanity. We also multiply in kind. I've heard it said that you teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. You reproduce in kind. I'm not just talking about eyes and ears and arms and legs and hair color and eye color and skin color. But Matthew tells us this in chapter 7. We've, we've, we've read this before in our church. That a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. It sounds like kindergarten. Yet we try and get around it all the time. You produce what you are. You reproduce what you are. We multiply in kind. We don't just reproduce in kind. We multiply in kind. For good or for bad, you reproduce who and what you are. Isn't that terrifying to anybody? Like, like really, think about that. Like, what am I multiplying in my children? Right? Like, am I... Am I are they getting good from me or are they getting the bad? Right? Because we want to just give them the good, but, but I'm multiplying in kind and I don't get to pick. Am I spending my time right? Am I, am I, where I'm working, what am I multiplying with my work, in my life, in my community, in, in my world? What am I multiplying? You've ever seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, the music team got books this year for, uh, of the actual story behind uh, the movie, and it's a—I read it. It's a fascinating story. It's just sort of a, a snapshot. They based that movie on, on a book. And George Bailey, if you've not seen the movie, if you've not seen the movie, I mean, I don't know what to say to you. I just don't. You're not American. I don't know. Like, you just got to see the movie. You might not be American, but um, so George Bailey gets this opportunity to see what life would have been like without him. So in essence, he gets to see what he's multiplied with his life, what the fruit of his life is. And the difference, the impact he's had. Anybody else get the benefit of that? Like, we don't get to see that. We don't get to know that. We're left to wonder, what good is our life really doing? What am I multiplying with my life? 
And people can say, oh, you're doing a great job. You're really making a difference. And, you know, we go, yeah, I know you mean well, but I don't know to trust you because you don't know any better than I know what difference my life is actually making. So people can't tell you, hey, I can sit here and be like, hey, you're all doing a great job. You are multiplying good. And you're going to go, what's he know? Can't take somebody else's word for it. The problem is we can't see what our lives will produce. We can't can't know what you're multiplying we don't know what our children will become we don't know what our work will produce we don't know what our life will multiply we can't see that from here i can't where where you stand you can't see a year from now let alone 50 years from now or 100 years from now or generations from now so the question is this can we ever know for sure if we are multiplying good we're going to multiply in kind but how do we could we, could we know for sure that we're multiplying good? And I've got a great answer for you, and it's this, yes. You can know. See, the truth is that you are designed to multiply good. Because that's how God made you. He said, be fruitful and multiply, and saw that it was good. So we are designed, originally designed, to multiply good. God spoke it into being when he created you. He said, Daniel, receive life, now be fruitful and multiply. He said, Heather, receive life, be fruitful and multiply. Linda, receive life, be fruitful and multiply. Remember, God needs nothing from us to accomplish this. It's not because of who we are or what we have. He needs nothing. He speaks into being out of the nothingness. He speaks things into being that are so much more than we can see. We measure our life by what we see. We do it all the time. We measure our life by what we see. How am I doing? Well, it depends on what I, what I can tell. We see what our life produces on a day-to-day basis and wonder if it will be good enough. But I've got great news. God sees your days. He sees your months. He sees your years. He sees eternity. We see one day. He sees generations. We see one seed. He sees the forest. You are designed to multiply good. And the best news is that God has given us the secret to knowing that we're achieving it. He tells us how we can be sure it will happen. In John 15, 5, we read, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Remaining in relationship with God is how we know that we are multiplying good. Your life will multiply in kind. And if you remain in relationship with God, good is guaranteed. Think about that. Apart from God, you multiply in kind. You will multiply. We are made to multiply. Whether you want it or not, your life is multiplying. That's our command. Be fruitful and multiply. You are bearing fruit with your life. You are multiplying in this world. It's not just a little bit of fruit. There are exponential. If rabbits can make millions and billions, you have no idea the impact of decisions. All throughout a lifetime. They only live seven years. 
Most of you in this room, I'd say, have lived longer than seven years, so your life has impacted people, and it's echoing and reverberating throughout the world in ways that we know nothing about. I'm going to tell you, it's more than a billion influences. You are multiplying in kind. We don't get to choose if we multiply. We just get to have a, we get to decide what kind of influence that's going to be. And God is saying, if you just stay in relationship with me, it will be a good, good kind of multiplying. And here's, here's some really interesting thought. God can make you fruitful in any season. Psalm 1, where we get our name from for the church. You're one where life tree gets our name from. Psalm 1, because of the righteous, the godly are like trees planted by streams of living water. They bear fruit each season. Not just in the season of, of fruitfulness, but every season they bear fruit. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. I don't know if it was a year ago or two years ago, we did a series on Joseph. And if you don't remember, if you don't know the story of Joseph, he's one of 12. He was sold out by his brothers, literally. They sold him. He was the, they just really did not like him, and they sold him um, to, as a slave. And through a series of painful and unjust circumstances, it's, it's an incredible story. He finds himself in the, in the palace of Pharaoh of Egypt. It's just an rem- unbelievable story. He's actually second in command, and there's a season of great famine that hits the land. And God has sort of put him in place for just, like, just so happened, just for this time. And Joseph uh, is reunited with his family. I mean, it's this, it's this incredible story. All around, people are starving. The famine is what actually drives his family to him from a foreign land. They reunite. It's a powerful story of God's grace and sovereignty. And Joseph is able to actually give his family land in the region of Goshen, which is outside of Egypt. So it's, it's in Egypt here. It's within the Combine. So he's got land. And something impossible happens. In the middle of a nation enduring a devastating famine, we read this about Joseph's family. The beginnings of the nation of Israel, because his father was Jacob who became Israel. His name was changed. And it says this. It says, meanwhile, during the famine... It says, the people of Israel settled in the region of Goshen in Egypt. There they acquired property, and they were fruitful. And their population grew rapidly. Think about this. You're in the middle of a drought, in a desert land, in a famine, and it says they were fruitful and grew. How does that happen? I just want to say, I don't know what your life is like. You may feel like you're in a drought, you're in a desert, you're in a famine right now. And I've got good news. In the driest time of your life, God speaks, be fruitful and multiply in every season, in every condition. God can do it in a famine-plagued land. He can do it in your life. Be fruitful and multiply. There's no place God cannot make you fruitful. There's no season where you're not going to do that. God is the God who speaks things that are not. He speaks into nothing and creates something. God needs nothing from you to create everything. He makes you fruitful anywhere, anytime. Not because of you, but because he created you to multiply good. How does that happen? How can God do that? I've got a great answer for you. I don't know. So three really important words to remember. You can say them often. They're very helpful Anytime anybody asks you something, just so I don't know. You don't have to know. I don't know how God does it. I don't have to tell you. 
I don't have to know how it works to know that it does. Paul said this in Corinthians, I planted the seed in your parts, and, and, and Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. It's not important who does it or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. I don't know how it happens. I just know that he does it because that's the kind of God that he is. He makes us fruitful because we're designed to be fruitful. Here's the truth. If the roots are good, the fruit will be good. If the roots are good, the fruit will be good. Remain in God. If you remain in the dirt, the good dirt of relationship with God, your fruit will be good. Your life will only multiply good. In your own life, in your family, in your church, in your community, in your world. For generations to come, you have no idea how long God's plan is for you. I don't think we have any idea how long. We think we measure our life by, you know, what's on our tombstone. Start and end. Story's a lot longer than that. Your story didn't start when you were born. It started way back. Because you are who you are based on what's happened so far back in your history. And your story is not done in the day you you, you stop living on this earth. It continues to go on. It echoes. I guarantee you. I remember Anna has some praying grandparents. Both sides were family. Those prayers did not die with them. They live on in us. Their example lives on in us. They are echoing in our children and they will in their grandchildren and great-grandchildren for generations to come. We have no idea how long our story is. Trying to measure our story by our life is like trying to measure the ocean with a teaspoon. It's incredibly inadequate. Don't worry about how. Remain in God and He will multiply good in your life. Sometimes it's that simple. We complicate things. So what does remaining look like? What does it mean to really remain in God? And let's be, it looks like any relationship. It starts with trust. It starts with trust. When, when what you sense is right conflicts with what you want to do, when you know something is right but you just, ah, it's just hard for you to do, let me just tell you, do what's right. Just trust God that he's, his way is best. Even when everything inside you wants to do something different, trust God. It starts with trust. Love Him. Like you'd love a, a spouse, a child, a family member, someone else. How do you love them? You have, they have access to your heart. Be honest. Like any relationship, be in relationship with God. You give, be generous. Open hands. What I've got, God, is yours. You've given it to me anyway. Whatever you ask, nothing is too small, nothing is too big. See, the whole thing about remaining in God, this whole, it's, you, know what, you know what remaining in God is not? It is not coming to church every Sunday. You know what that's called? Religion. Right? I'm going to come to church every Sunday and I'm going to do good because I come to church every Sunday and my life will be good. No, that's trying to follow rules about behavior when it has nothing to do with what's going on on the inside. Remaining in God is all about here. And guess what? Nobody knows that except you and him. So I cannot judge it based on your attendance on a Sunday morning. I cannot judge it based on how often you read your Bible or how often you pray or how much money you give. None of that guarantees multiplying good. It's not about any of that stuff. God wants you. He doesn't want your stuff. 
He says, listen, if you remain in me, if you remain in relationship with me, if you stay close with me, I've got a great big promise for you. Your life will multiply good. Be fruitful. Multiply. Speak it into being in your life. Be fruitful and multiply. He's speaking it over your life today. Be fruitful and multiply. Receive it today. God is telling you, be fruitful and multiply. And he will multiply good in your life. I'm telling you, it's incredibly encouraging to know that you're part of something that will echo for generations. It has nothing to do with me. I just get to be part of it because God's going to do it through me. All I got to do is stay close. Mickey, you can come on up and start playing. Let me tell you, remaining is simply being faithful in your relationship with God. It's a commitment to do your best. It's not about perfection. God sees your heart. Just keep coming to God. If you have a bad day, I did not remain in God that day. I left. I ran away. I jumped out of there. Guess what? Today's a new day. Tomorrow will be a new day. You just don't stop trying not about perfection because i guarantee you you're going to blow it because i blow it we all blow it there are days we're just miserable human beings and we don't do what we know we're supposed to do and we lose that battle over what we know is right and what we want to do and we give in to what we want to do and god i'm so sorry that was just awful and you know what god says today's a new day Today's a new day. I died to forgive you of those sins. Keep coming to me. When you sin, the worst thing that you can do is run from God. Run to Him. Run to Him. Constantly makes us new. It says His mercy is new every stinking morning. This is good news. This is really good news. God has created us and given us the potential for more. If you're ever worried that your life isn't meant for more, just look at a rabbit. Go look at some puppy videos. Remember, there's new puppies, which means God, God keeps making more. He's going to keep making more in my life. He didn't make you once, and that was it. That was your only shot. Multiply. Matthew, Jesus says this. The seed of my word goes out. It says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the word of God like you have done this morning. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth. And here's the saddest epitaph. Ready? So no fruit is produced. Nothing good. You let the worries of life, the lure of other things, no fruit. Fortunately, Jesus kept talking. It's but the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word. And here he goes. They produce a harvest. Are you ready? 30, 60, 100 times as much as had been planted. God multiplies what he plants in your heart. Keep the dirt good. God, just keep planting stuff in my life. If you will let God keep planting his seeds of truth in your heart, 
you will multiply in kind. Good. You are made to multiply good. If you will remain in Him, that's what's going to happen. Because that's how God works. He says it, and that's what happens. Because He's good. Everything He makes is good. That's my thoughts for you today. Bow your heads with me as we pray this this morning. God, we thank you that you created us to multiply good. That the only thing it takes for us to fulfill that original intended purpose for our lives is to remain in relationship with you. You're so good. And as we're praying, if you're here today, and maybe you've never actually started a relationship with God. You've never began that. Invited God to have your heart. Say, God, I, I want to make that a reality. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to know you like that. I've heard about you, God, Mayor Jesus. I've, I've heard your name. I've heard stories. I've been in church. But I've never had a personal relationship with you. And today, if you feel like you want to make that decision to do that, it's very simple. All you have to do is say, that's me, God. I want that. I recognize that I'm broken and sinful and a mess. That you love me anyway. You take me as I am. You don't need me to clean up first. You take me as I am. Because you know everything about me. Because you made me. God, you just want me to come to you. Open my heart to you and allow you to do your good work. I can't earn it. I can just receive it because you freely give it. If that's you today and you just say, yeah, that's me, I, it's time for me to begin a relationship with God. Would you just raise your hand as a way of saying, God, that's me. See those hands? See those hands? God, I thank you that in this moment you are welcoming people right here in this room into your arms. You've been waiting. Today it says the angels are celebrating in heaven. Every time a relationship with you begins. It's the whole purpose to your plan for us. And Lord, we know that as we now begin this journey of walking with you, multiply good in our lives. You will make us fruitful. We don't do it. We don't cause it. We just stay with you and you birth it in our lives. I thank you for that, God. God, you see us. You see where we are. You know our hearts. Thank you that we can come right into your presence. Talk to you directly. 
you are the God who wants a relationship with us. You don't hold us at arm's length. You keep us so tight. It says you move into our spirit. You're inside of us. Today, we are yours. I thank you, God. You are good. It's in your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.